Hello everyone, and welcome to another beer review. Now, today we've got something a bit different. Something that wasn't really planned. But technically, this brewery is actually the closest brewery to where I live. Although I didn't really know that it existed, basically. But I did know that the product existed. I just didn't think they actually brewed it locally. But I was in there last week at a farm shop, not that far away from where I live, with Adrian because he wanted to get some cider. And I did say there was supposed to be local cider at this place. And I think uh, I didn't actually know that they actually made their own cider. But. Uh, they do, and Adrian got some. And while I was there, I obviously seen the lager and an ale, and I knew about the lager because I bought my dad some. The last time I went up to visit him in Scotland, so I took him a four pack of this lager, but I've never tasted it myself. And I just presumed it was just kind of, you know, my box standard lager kind of bought in and just labelled. And that was it. I didn't actually realise the... What is going on with these glasses? It's all smudged. Buggers out there. Buggers. No, so I didn't realise that they were brewing it actually locally on the farm. There you go. <laughs> Have I set myself up for a fall? <laughs> well, no, my dad's still alive. But I don't know if he's actually drunk the lager. Don't ask me because he accuses me of, because he accuses me of, you tried to poison me. You know, that type of thing, so I don't know, so. <laughs> Let's find out. So, we've got both products here, and we'll do both products, but we'll start off with the, the Greendale Craft Lager. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Devoncraft, and of course it's got the little Devon flag, you know, so if it's the white cross and the green, it's Devon, if it's white cross on the black, it's Cornwall. It's the dirty side. Um, so yeah, so apparently it's got a bit of spiel on it, imagine that, farmers with spiel. But it says, the Greendale Lager, Devoncraft. It's 4.2% and I think this is, I think this is £1.89, well it tells you it's £1.89, there you go, £1.89. I think the, the ale is more expensive, but we'll get to that, is actually. So this is basically says it's clean, crisp session lager, brewed at Greendale using our own natural mineral water. Mm, there you go, it's a 440ml can, there's another bunch of buggers that can't go to a full 500ml can. Anything else? No, just it's vegan friendly. Oh, there's some notes. Finest lager malts, classic Saz hops and Devon mineral water are brewed carefully before a long cold fermentation resulting in a session lager that's crisp, satisfying and perfectly balanced. And uh, Although, I don't think it's seeing it on here, thank God. 
But I did read on their website when I was doing a bit of reviewing that uh, <laughs> I'll need to read you this bit in a minute, it's just going to distract me. But I did read on their website that they kept saying it goes well with goat's cheese. Because <laughs> that's the first thing, you know, most most young men in the UK when they crack, crack open. <laughs> I can't flag with The first thing they think is, where's the goat's cheese? <laughs> I just thought that was just, yeah, you missed the whole point, haven't you? You really have. <laughs> goat's cheese. But anyway, I've just noticed this. There's a piece of bit of a spill in the back there, but it's a bit to do with the kind of ingredients. It's an information part, part of the label that says, the main ingredient of beer is water. Typically more than 90%. <laughs> well, unless you want to be chewing it. <laughs> I would bloody hope so. <laughs> So it was important to us to get it right, serendipitously. Mm. Greendale has its own supply of natural mineral water. <laughs> Just every time I think natural mineral water, I'm thinking, <laughs> it's all the leakage coming out of the silage. <laughs> oh, that's mineral water there, that's mineral water, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, so it's all about porous rocks and everything else. Jesus, just a little wally pish. Right, I'm not going to read any more of that nonsense. But I do, I don't know, I, I could be totally surprised and shocked by this or I could be basically proved right thinking you bought a right canopus. <laughs> £1.89, brewed locally. So it's going to be another bloody Norco, isn't it? Um... So there we go. Yeah. Well, it looks the right colour, I suppose. That's not so bad, isn't it? There you go. And there's people on the broadcast, it's nice, kind of clear. I like golden colour. Kind of like a warm straw colour, as they would say nowadays in the craft brewery scene, isn't it? Our Overhopped lager is a warm straw colour. Clear, but completely hazy. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. But yes, it's not hazy, it's nice and clear. And there is a kind of warm straw colour to it, or a light golden colour in normal English. Let's see what it smells like. Oh, right. It's actually quite a, quite a bit of an aroma with this. So I'm getting green. A little bit of malt. Getting a bit of sweetness as well. I'm getting light salsa, so there's a slight acidity there. But very light. It's not the full bean sauce, as I say. Then that's it, yeah. So, shall we... Uh, Do the necessaries? Let's, let's try it. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, for the price, 
And if you compare it to a lot of the kind of mainstream piss parties, it's actually not too bad. I'm quite surprised, actually. It's a wee kind of slight earthiness to it, which may actually be the mineral water, because let's be totally honest, you really shouldn't be using mineral water when you're brewing. All these added minerals affect flavour and has an influence on the reaction of uh, yeast and uh, everything else. So you want a kind of neutral kind of water um, with only the kind of uh, minerals that you really kind of need as a minimum. You don't want to add any extra ones that you don't need because you end up basically shooting yourself in the foot from that point of view, but... It's like when people condition their water for homebrew, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, for the style of beer it's supposed to be, it should be this style of water, and uh, people kind of condition their water to kind of match the kind of what they think is the best water for it. I usually find uh, that can really go quite wrong because, again, until you know really exactly what you're starting with, the minute you start adding other things, you usually find that you end up with maybe the right amount of some things and uh, too much of others and not enough of <laughs> other things as well because you really got to have a real good analysis of your starting water to know exactly what you're playing with. I mean, they see people doing this in homebrew, but I had this now just to basically make sure the water's absolutely the right water for this style of beer. And you're thinking, yeah, what did you start with? Because I guarantee if I asked that question, the answer would be, I don't know. It just came from the tap. <laughs> Or I've maybe done a little pH test, you know, because oh, too badly people think water has got to be neutral, it has to be neutral, it's got to be kind got of slightly acidic water or slightly alkaline water, now can you? <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to this. Actually, not too bad. Be a wee bit weak, but there is a I'll break down the flavours in a minute, but there's this kind of underlying sweetness from front to back that just sits uh, um, a wee bit of bitterness. I'm just now kind of getting a bit acclimatised to it, so I'm getting ever so slightly light bitterness in the aftertaste. And we're talking about very light, of course. We're talking about lager levels of bitterness, not even Pilsner level of bitterness. We're talking about lager, so it's these little kind of accents in the aftertaste, but it's not too bad. Okay, starting off with a light pale malt, light malt in the front of the mouth, a little bit of grain, and a bit of malty sweetness, a bit of light kind of malty sweetness there. Moves on to the mid-tongue. The malt kind of dissipates, but you're still left with the malty sweetness, which is linked to the malt and not to anything else. There's nothing biscuity about anything of it. 
Um, the grain is there, and uh, but you're also getting. There's light earthy tones coming through. Probably a bit sweeter than it really needs to be. Just as I'm obviously getting more acclimatised to it, but in the mid-tongue, you've got the underlying sweetness that hasn't really dissipated from the front of the mouth, and I think that's what's more noticeable when I'm concentrating the mid-tongue, that it's sweeter than it really needs to be. And, uh, yeah, you're getting these as kind of little accents of kind of earthiness in amongst with the grain as the mid tongue then you move on to the aftertaste the sweetness is still there at the same kind of intensity and again you're kind of thinking it's a bit too sweet and because uh, it's all right to maybe at the front of the mouth and then it dissipates down a bit and kind of you know lessens a bit and continues but no when it's basically kind of stays at exactly the same level from front of the mouth to the back you kind of it's a bit too much um but yeah it goes on to the the aftertaste and the grain kind of starts to die down you start getting little accents of bitterness but the sweetness is still there and then the kind of the last flavors you get is basically the sweetness that dissipates is the last kind of flavour that dissipates, but just little kind of accents of bitterness kind of follow it out the room, as they say. And uh, yeah, it's actually not a wee for one pound eighty nine locally brewed. I'll be honest, it's a heck of a lot better than I thought it was going to be, and I would say it's no worse than what's available. As your mainstream piss washers like your Carlings, your Stella Artois, your Fosters, your Budweiser's, your 1664, your Grosch, and all this other nonsense crap that uh, gets put forward as premium lager in the UK. So, yeah, it's actually not too bad. I'm not going to say it's brilliant, because it isn't brilliant. But I'll be totally honest, it's actually not too bad. I'm actually quite shocked. And I think, well, put it this way. If my dad drinks this or has some of this when he's up at the... When I took a four-pack up to one of his, I didn't just take a four-pack. I said, there you go, Dad, there's a four-pack. You know, I took other kind of stuff, because I actually went there, and I got some kind of local Devon fare. You know, some nice cold meats and some nice cheeses and things like that. So, you know, just some of the local kind of Devon produce as a wee kind of hamper and just thought I'd make up my own hamper of stuff that I know he likes and I thought well this have got this lager so I'll just get a four pack of that and chuck that in there and see how it goes so I presume if I compare this to the lager he usually drinks which I don't think he really drinks very much now at all he never really drunk very much anyway but I think he drinks even less now because he's going to be be 90 this year so he's gonna be a right old bugger but as i was saying it's uh tenants is his usual poison so this is i would say this is a lot nicer than tenants so although most people will probably say that would be difficult you know a glass of water is probably better than tenants it doesn't have that bloody metallic aftertaste there you go
So yeah, a bit sweeter than it really needs to be. But in general, it's quite pleasant. It's not too bad. I wouldn't say Christmas. I mean, they're, they're clearing... Was it Christmas? Um, that's crisp. I don't think it really has a crisp. It's got maybe a little bit of bitter accents, but there's no kind of real acidity change, so there's no real Christmas or dryness there. So, you know, you don't get Christmas without the dryness. You don't get dryness without the Christmas. So, what would I give this out of 10? Well, this one I would probably give. Like, normally I say the mainstream piss waters are between 3 to 4. You know, the worst ones are down the kind of 2. The kind of middle of the road ones are kind of 3. And the kind of the better ones are kind of 3.5 to 4. Mm. Excuse me. But 5 being average, every single one is below average. Now, what would I give this? Ooh. Uh, for me, I would probably say it's slightly below average, but it's not that far away. And I would, I would probably say which, I would probably pick this before I would pick the mainstream piss waters because at least it's local people that are getting the benefit of it and they're employing local. And I would presume, I mean, they do have a big farm shop and they also have a good kind of online kind of uh, store as well. So you can actually order this online if you want to try them yourself. <laughs> but what would I give this? I would probably give this maybe about a four and a half. But a four and a half maybe to a 4.7 out of 10. I would say it's slightly below average. Probably because of that sweetness is just a bit too much from front to back. And this kind of slightly kind of earthiness that you're getting in the mid-tongue that I would probably say might be down to the mineral water. And they may to kind of devil that back a bit. I know it's a good kind of selling point and everything else, but you've got to be realistic that just because it's mineral water and it's classed as a good spring and everything else, is it really the best water that can be used to make this style of, of beer? You've got to be realistic. But if it isn't, then maybe you should really be adjusting it. You're still making it with the same water, but you're just kind of adjusting its mineral content to make it more suitable, and there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I would say, yeah, four and a half to 4.7, I would probably say. But I just, this underlying sweetness is probably the biggest bugbear. But not a bad start, actually. Fair play. Unfortunately, it's actually got better than the cider that Adrian got. I think the cider was actually quite good, but I think the packaging they put it in, they put it in this kind of plastic container. And Adrian said that, well, the cider kind of tasted nice. It had this kind of slightly plasticky kind of uh, accents or flavour to it off the packaging, which uh, basically spoiled it. So there you go. So let's go on to the ale this time. Mm -hmm. Might as well make some faces with it. So apparently it's green, greened ale. So it's from Greendale again, and it's greened ale. Oh no, it's a golden ale. I didn't even, I didn't even look to see what ale it was. I honestly thought, oh, there's an ale. And that was it. I didn't look close enough to see it's a golden ale. 
it's 4% and it's £2.15. So it's quite a bit more than the Lager because the Lager is £1.89. But wait a minute, it is a 500ml bottle, you know. See, see they understand the old drinkers, they understand the old drinkers think, nah, we've got to give them a full half litre. You can't shortchange the old drinkers. We can do that with the Lager ones because they're arseholes. You know, they don't, they don't give a shit. As long as it's wet and smelly, you know, they'll drink it. But when you get to the old drinkers, oh, no, no, we can't cheat them, you see? All lager drinkers that watch this, will, if there is any lager drinkers that actually watch this, will be an arsehole calling us what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yes, this is a four point set. It's made in Tevin. So it is. Um, it's got the stamp, the little seal of approval, Greendale. <laughs> by being poisoned by Greendale, and it's been stamped. Anyway, um, <laughs> a poison. <laughs> Well, it's definitely not a promotion for them when I'm using terminology like that, but you never know. Oh, God, oh, Jesus, how small can you make this right in your deviance? Um, a very drinkable golden ale balancing a light malt base and a touch of caramel sweetness. I've got the whistles going at sweetness. <laughs> Superfluous. Um... <laughs> Seriously, what the hell's going on? Um, caramel sweetness with a fruity, hoppy. What the fuck? Is that nose? I can't read that. With a fruity, hoppy nose. Taste, taste, maybe. Jesus Christ. That's unbelievable. Any more passion? I mean, any more information? Uh, greened ale is, has a refreshing flavour that comes from using only quality ingredients. Greened ale, spring water, barley, wheat, hops and yeast. Well, there you go, eh? And that's it. So, yeah, 4%. Let's get it cracked open and see what it's like. Something a bit different, isn't it? And of course, people can't say, well, I don't know, people abroad might not be able to get this because I don't know if they'll supply it abroad, but people in the UK can. And if people really do take the uptake and think, oh, I'll buy a load of this type of stuff, well, let me know first so I can buy some shares in this bugging thing. <laughs> that Scotchman buying shares. <laughs> nope. Um, so yeah, let's see what it's like. The golden nail probably looks at the lager. Let's pour it out. Ooh, ooh. So, I don't know anything about this because I didn't even know this existed. I actually noticed it when I was in there with Adrian. I thought oh, I'll get a couple of bottles, you know, a bottle of each. You know, you can try it and I'm going to review it. If you see me buy a single bottle of anything, it means I'm reviewing it. I'm in YouTube mode. <laughs> That's an unusual one. You know, that's a great thing. But see if I'm doing some of this, I'd be surprised if somebody puts in the comments, I tried that and I loved it. Rather than just cases, because that's what always you, you get to a certain degree is if you give somebody a bad review, you know, a product bad review, and then there's always somebody that will pipe up months later saying, I don't agree with that. I tried it and I loved it. And then I've got to think, 
I'm doing a give it. <laughs> I've got to, before I can reply, I actually have to kind of like replay the video a bit and kind of pick up on some of the kind of main points of what score I gave it to see whether I've actually been unfair or not. And which I, I try not to be, I try to be as fair as possible. And I, well, I'm honest. And I think that's the problem. If I'm honest, then there's no room for manoeuvre. If I turn around and say I don't like something or I think it's shit, then if somebody comes back months later after watching the video and says, I think you're wrong, I like it. Well, I don't think I'm wrong because I didn't like it. So I know. I know what I like and what I don't like. You might like it. And I believe you in that fact. But don't question whether I like it or not. I mean... <laughs> So you can't turn and say that I'm wrong. You can say that you disagree and you find that uh, it's a very nice beer. That's fine. But you can't say I'm wrong because if I taste and I don't like it, then that's my own personal opinion. It's my own personal view because I just don't like it. And you can't say that's wrong. It's just the honest thing is I don't like it. You see? So that, that's how I work, quite simply. I don't mind people disagreeing with me, say, well, no, I actually quite like that beer and I enjoy it, which I can understand that because everybody's different and everybody has different kind of flavour profiles that they react to and they enjoy and everything else. So just because I don't like it doesn't mean you won't, you see, from that point of view. So that's why I try and give as much within the tasting notes I'm trying, I mean, people think I waffle on, but I try to kind of give as much information as possible because, just because if I say it's not for me, hopefully, they will, if you try it, you might find something that, that you enjoy, and that's fine. A bad beer for me might be a good beer for you. A good beer for you might be a bad beer for me, and that's just reality. And nobody's wrong from that point of view. Because at the end of the day, if you enjoy it, then great. You go away and enjoy it and have fun with it. And you're a lucky boy. I didn't, you know, so that's the way it goes. But let's see what this was like. So it's... Just comparing it to the lager, actually thinking. Yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit darker than lager. <laughs> it's an even... It's, it's an even warmer straw colour. No, but yes, it's it's a kind of uh, a darker kind of. Uh, it was, I I I feel kind. It's not a light golden. It's a it's a full golden color. So it's so it's a rich golden color, nice and clear. Doesn't look too carbonated. Head wise, well, I'm sure when it was about half a finger, it's gone down to just a kind of a a sliver of a head. Let's see what it smells like. Just getting more blooming aromas from the from the lager. Maybe a light malt. Maybe a slight hint of hops. Fruitiness. Not feeling any fruitiness. And that's really it. Just very light, light malt, and maybe a hint, maybe a little accent of hops, and that's it. But I'm really looking for it. I'm just not finding very much, and there really isn't much of a, an aroma there. So, let's see what it tastes like.
started off okay, I'm just getting some. I wonder if you would acclimatise it, maybe it's just because of that, but just got a bit of a weird flavour there. And I'm not going to say the flavour because you probably think I'm mad, but I just got little hints of flavour there just as I'm getting towards the aftertaste and I'm thinking. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but I, I, it reminded me of fish. Food. You don't get the fish food. You ever, you know, you had fish food. You know, well, maybe you didn't smell your fingers. Maybe it was just a freak like me that was, oh, tropical. No, but, <laughs> but yeah, maybe it was like, you know, that, maybe it's a Scotch thing. You know, you, you, you crumble anything between your fingers. You go, you know, <laughs> waste not, what not. You know, it's a Scotch thing. But yeah, just initially I thought, no, it can't be. I'm, I'm going to ignore that part. Maybe just the mouth being a bit crazy because I'm going from one beer to the other and I'm not kind of giving it a chance to kind of um, clean itself. Well, in other words, I'm not taking anything to kind of clean the palate before I go between from one beer to the other. So I'll have a couple of sips of this to see what it's like. Um, right. The scary thing was that flavour profile was there the second time I drank it. Luckily, the third sip I've just had there, it wasn't there, which I'm quite happy about because I'm thinking the second one gave me, gave me, also gave me slight accents of anchovies. Not the saltiness, but just the kind of the aroma. If you smell anchovies, imagine you're just getting kind of slight accents of that kind of aroma and the kind of as it transitions between the mid-tongue and the aftertaste. I'm like, oh, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's not getting better. But yeah, um, let's uh, try one more time and then we'll break down the flavour. Okay, you're getting a, you're getting malt, a little bit of grain, but you're getting a little bit more malt, a bit less grain, and a wee bit of sweetness, malty sweetness at the front of the mouth, funny enough. But the flavour kind of intensities, that's what it comes down to. They're quite nice, they're quite rounded. They're not too much, they're not lacking. They're just a nice intensity, fair play to them. I mean, that level at the start, it's not coming in with a bang, but it's just coming in with just a nice level. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a kind of a gentle introduction, not a watery or a, a kind of a lacking flavour introduction. It's just a nice, kind of well-controlled introduction in the front of the mouth of the kind of main initial flavours, which is 
nice multi flavour, nice little bit of sweetness and just a little bit of grey. So that's quite nice. Let's see the mouth tongue. Mm. So if you're to the mid tongue, the grain slightly goes down a bit, but the malt is quite there. And what you're doing is the sweetness has dissipated a little bit, so the, the sweetness isn't to the same intensity at the front of the mouth. It kind of dissipates a little bit, but the malt is staying there. So you're just getting these nice little kind of caramel accents as part of the malt. And that's what I'm saying is when I say malt is... The malt is still there. Initially, the malt flavour is a kind of caramel. So you're getting caramel, sweetness and grain. That's what you're getting at the front of the mouth. Moves on to the mid-tongue. The grains start to kind of dissipate off. The sweetness is going to drop down a bit. But what you're is, you still get the nice maltiness there. But you're just nice getting kind of just nice accents of the malt. And it's just quite a nice. And then what it does is, it, as it starts to kind of move near, going on to the kind of back of the mouth, just at the kind of end of the mid-tongue, you just get some slight, ever so slight accents of bitterness. And it's kind of hoppy bitterness. That's where that's coming from. And then you move on to the aftertaste. And there's, there's just a slight change as it moves on to the aftertaste. I think this is what's catching me out is, as it moves on, the bitterness just gets a little bit more. And the caramel drops a little bit. The sweetness is still there. So it's still the same kind of level of sweetness from the mid-tongue to the aftertaste. But the caramel just kind of slightly drops off and you just get a couple of, slightly stronger accents of the bitterness because the bitterness is slightly just kind of starting to kind of come through at the end of the mid-tongue but it's starting to get a little bit more not overly more but just a little bit more in the aftertaste and just when it comes in and just how the the malt kind of caramel drops off quite quickly into the aftertaste I think that was initially kind of think what the hell is going on there and I think it was kind of well, I'm not going to say imagining it, but I just think it's a case as my mouth was getting acclimatised to that kind of change between the mid-tongue and the aftertaste, it was giving me kind of slightly kind of false readings like tropical fish food and uh, um, anchovy kind of aromas um, and accents. But yeah, but it's not there anymore and... Uh, yeah, the, it's actually, you know, I'm not, for something without any kind of floral, it's, it's quite a strange one, because usually when you get that kind of, I'm not saying it's strong bitterness, but it's quite a, a, a bit of a distinct bitterness there, um, but not a strong bitterness, but it is, to a certain level, it's easily identified, and it's nice and clean, and you know it's hops. So you look at it from that point of view, um, it's strange to get that without any kind of floral notes coming through in the mid-tongue or something like that. You're not getting that. And uh, it would just be interesting to see what hops are really used. They're not getting 
any floralness or things like that, but you are getting a bit of bitterness to it. And it just takes the edge off that sweetness a little bit as well. It just gives a slightly more kind of, like I've used before, a bit of an interesting finish. It's actually not too bad as I'm drinking it. It's actually, your mouth gets used to you think, it's not a bad one. I mean, I'll be totally honest, I've tasted a hell of a lot worse from companies whose only business is brewing beer. You know, breweries that all they do is brew beer and I've tasted utter shit from them. Whereas this, this isn't their main business, they're a, they're a farm and they have lots of strings to their bows because they do their own meat, um, they do a lot of vegetables, they even do strange things, they have their own kind of ostriches and everything else. So they do ostrich steaks, they also have a petting zoo and everything else. They've got a really huge big farm shop and they've got their own kind of fish and chips kind of set up there as well. And they've got a separate restaurant and there's so many things, they've got their own milkshake systems and you know. So there's so many strings to the bow that brewing isn't their main business, not by a long shot. But to produce the two beers that I'm drinking just now, and uh, how would I rate them? I mean, coming from a, a business that's not the main kind of prime business isn't brewing beer. They've actually done not too bad. I don't know who's helping them. I'm sure they've probably got a local, you know, help from a local brewery or something like that. It could be Salkins or it could be um, Extra Brewery. It could be Exmouth. I mean, there's loads of different kind of breweries that are maybe giving a wee bit of hand or um, you're paying the brewery and the head brewer's coming over and just kind of, you know, managing, you know, their batches or something like that. It could be something, you know. I don't, I don't think Farmer Giles is over there thinking, oh, I yeah, you know, you know how to brew a lager. I've done my own brews before. I don't think it's that. No. I think it's a case there's probably a bit more to it. I know it's a case as though that, yes, you can get a lot more advanced brewing equipment, but I don't think they've probably spent so much money on advanced brewing equipment and dialing recipes and all that. I don't think they're doing that. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. It's not too bad. Be lacking a bit of body, especially in the mid tongue. I think with the kind of bitterness that's in the aftertaste, it could probably have done without what we call an introduction, and a proper introduction, a formal introduction in the mid tongue, as in the way of some floral notes, which you're not really getting. So there's no floral accents. And I think it's missing out in that it should have some of that. That would obviously kind of uh, help. So again, it's like having that connection between the front, the middle and the back. The front of the mouth and the mid-tongue has a kind of connection, but then it goes from the mid-tongue to the aftertaste and there's less of a connection between the two. It's just a kind of the flavour kind of like, you know, one flavour kind of drops off, another flavour pops up, you know, and it's like, 
where's the connection? Usually you think, oh, here's someone coming, here's someone coming. And you have that kind of slight kind of introduction, that kind of warning of something's going to kind of, a new flavour's kind of coming through, a new prominent flavour, which you're not quite getting. But these are the nuances between good beers and okay beers. And this is the difference. People understand, well, what's a good beer and what's a bad beer? Well, it's how it reacts to your taste buds and how it announces itself. I mean, it's not just a case of having certain flavours, but how these flavours are presented to you makes a big, big difference. And also gives you a... It does make a difference in how you react to the balance of the beer. Because beers that announce the major flavour changes early so it kind of prepares you from it does tend to kind of uh, have better balance from that point of view it's the case is it's not hiding anything but there is kind of it doesn't just appear from nowhere it's the cases of the good flavors the premium flavors you can you know detect them building up and things like that and uh, the flavours are nice and clean and clear and all that type of stuff. That's what usually makes a good beer. And a lot of that's down to good ingredients, good processes and things like that. And obviously a good recipe and things like that. So, so some tweaks you could make to improve this quite easily. Um, and it, because it's a lighter, it's quite sessionable. If you're going to go for that, there's two ways you could go. You could add a little bit of hops there to give a bit of fruitiness. Or you could add something like a, a Slovakian like stirring hops or something like that and, and give it the other way and just give it a little bit of kind of, you know, a bit of lime to it. So as a case of the transition is you're starting a little accents of lime at the end of the after, at the end of the mid-tongue going on to that kind of bitterness because you of course you taste a bit of lemon, you expect to get bitterness. You taste a bit of lemon. Lemon, not such a good thing for an ale and that type of stuff. But because it's such a light sessionable, you could get away with maybe a bit of lime if you didn't want to go through the kind of more traditional style and, and give it a bit of floral notes before it moves on to the kind of aftertaste with a bit of bitterness. So there's these type of things you can do with that just to kind of add it to it and of course obviously it helps to get a little bit more body into it. It needs to be lifted up a little bit in the mid-tongue. What could you do with that? If it was me, if I were going to give that a little bit more body to the mid-tongue. Right, what would I do with that? Right. I would add some extra malt. But what I would do is I'd put a stronger roasted malt in there. Just to the cases of... But what I would do is, is the cases of... I wouldn't make it part of the water. I would do it as a secondary steep just before fermentation. So what I was doing when I was waiting... That's a little trick that uh, they do in whiskey production. At, they don't really do in beer brewing, but it does actually make a difference. 
when you're waiting for the wort to cool down before you can get to the temperature for yeast, what you do is you take a slightly darker roasted malt, and you, you know it's been crushed, of course it's been milled, and you just steep it for that period of time. So the temperature is going down and that type of stuff. But what it does is it just gives you what we call, well, in the West industry, they call it girthing. This is what it does. It has a bit of girth, which it basically means it's really there to provide body. And what that does is, is when you basically, um, it's a bit of a strange one, but what it does is that body there reacts because what it does is gives you slightly toxins when you distill it and these toxins they're there and they remain there so when basically when you're basically barrel conditioning it these toxins will react with certain kind of wood flavorings basically so what they do is it's, it's a bit of a strange one but what it does is these toxins draw out certain tannins that are basically prevalent in certain woods, whether it's a sherry cask or a, a pork cask and that type of stuff. So it's got to be a kind of a sherry or pork cask and what it does is certain toxins react well with the, the tannins and that's why they want them there. So that's what they put them in there for. But if you use it into the beer, it just gives this kind of slight accent body to it in the mid-tongue. Because it's uninfected, because really, because you're not working with the temperature. So what it does is, it doesn't really add to the sugar, it doesn't add to that, because what it does is as the temperature's dropping, a lot of times you'll get the enzymes released and you'll get some flavour released from the actual grains, but what you don't get is really the chance for the, the starches to be broken down into the kind of uh, the monosaccharide um, sucrose and, uh, and things like that. And of course, if you're using brewing, sugars then unfortunately you know, with brewing sugars and things like that they're all monosaccharides and they can usually be a mix between fructose and uh, sucrose and glucose and that type of stuff usually fructose which uh, in certain hybrid grains are now appearing which is a bit strange but anyway that's a more of a kind of in-depth one but if I was doing that I would try and kind of boost this with going a, a pre-fermentation steep with a bit of a slightly something a bit darker. Um, so you've done all your hopping, everything's all done, you're just waiting for the actual wort and everything else just to cool down. And, you, and you're not putting a lot in, but what we're doing is, is what we call accenting. Um, but really it's girthing, as they call it, uh, when they're doing it in uh, the whiskey production. Um, from that point of view and uh, it can also happen well I'm not going to no I won't tell you that that's a secret so I'm not going to tell you that without, I was about to give a, a big thing that would probably rip the ass out of the whiskey industry so I better not say that fuck that would have been a good one. Oh, that would be a, that'd be a major slip of the tongue Jesus eh? Christ there'd be targets in my back if I said that right I better not say that but yeah but yeah, this is one of the things. So yes, it's slightly lacking a bit of body from that point of view, which can be easily rectified. What they've got is a good foundation, a good footprint. And uh, you could slightly tweak 
the recipe and the process just again and get a you know just improve some slight areas and that type of stuff and it would work quite well but overall because they can a slightly box standard £2.15 well it's maybe a bit overpriced for what it is but it's locally and it's from a farm shop and everything's overpriced in a farm shop anyway the lager well it's one eighty nine. so what would I give this out of 10 And it's Greendale, all in one word. I have no basis on this. I'm not sponsored by them. I make no money from this. I'm not promoting them. At the end of the day, we're just in the local farm shop because we're coming back up from... Uh, what was it? We're coming back up from Crediton last Saturday. We were doing some work on a car and we are waiting for paint to dry. We did some paint on this kind of car we were kind of doing up. And we are waiting for the paint to dry before we could come back and do some other stuff. Because uh, we are going to give it a proper coat of paint, but there were some little bits and bobs we had to do. So we kind of fixed it up and we put some primer on it. We just needed it to dry. So Adrian wanted to get some... What do you call the bloody name? The... the Sidermill, Sanford. So we're in credit at the Sanford bit, and I mentioned about the, the Green Dale. So we thought, well, we've got via this way to go back to the unit, then of course we can uh, pop into the Green Dale place and we can buy some of the cider. Because the last time we went to get it, I pulled down, he ran into the shop, came back out, and said, I got it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> and he's like, I got this as a cider. That's not the Green Deal side. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, that's not it. Well, it's the only one I could see. Well, it's not it. So he bought this other side. <laughs> and uh, it was absolutely rotten. Rank rotten. Straight down. The, I think he had two sips of it and it was straight down the sink, you know, from that point of view. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'll come in with him and make sure you get the right one, you dozy old bugger. And I, so he'd, he'd been spent a good whack of money at uh, Sanford's getting some of the stuff. Some stuff was hit and miss. Some stuff he liked, some stuff he didn't. But he did get the hopped cider because Sanford does a, a dry hop cider. And uh, Adrian still likes it. And I've got to admit, when I did the reviews of the ciders, that was a good cider. I was like, why, why, why the fuck am I talking about cider when I'm on Blooming Ale? But at the end of the day, yes, it's a bit overpriced at £2.15, but at the end of the day, it is locally produced and it is from a farm shop. So out of 10, I would probably give this... I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 5. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. It's actually, it's kind of average. Needs some tweaking and things like that. And a bit of slightly, maybe additional hops. Depending on which route you can go, you can go a kind of more kind of crisp route. Or you can go more a traditional kind of uh, floral route. And add a little bit more body. Um, and yeah, you could probably improve it. But at the end of the day... For a locally brewed ale, 
from a farm. It's actually not bad at all, actually. Fair play to it. It's, uh, it's actually not bad at all. So, yes, so it's uh, 4.5, 4.7 for the lager, 5 for the golden ale. And, uh, yeah, I would recommend if you're down this area and you're near Exeter, it's on the A3052 road which is basically the road going from Exeter over towards Sidmouth. And you, it is Greendale, on one, all one word. Dale as in D-A-L-E, for anybody that's outside of the UK. And have a look at it on their website. You can buy it on their website. I don't know what the delivery is. I don't care. It's not my problem at the end of the day. <laughs> If I wanted the stuff, I know where to go to get it. Would I buy it again? There's the honest answer. If I was in, I don't know if I'd buy the ale. The ale isn't too bad, not, but for £2.15, I probably wouldn't. But if I was in there, I'd maybe the lager, I'd maybe get a couple of cans. At £1.89, maybe get a couple of cans. The sweetness may be a bit too much, but it's good to give to people if they were popping. There you go, get that doing your night. Oh, it's quite nice, eh? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's actually not too bad. And for a local farm shop, I honestly expected both beers to be a hell of a lot worse. So I'm quite surprised and, and fair play to them. Well done. So that's us. So thanks for watching. Cheers, and bye for now.